0: Sometimes he found it difficult not to believe they were living in a future that had already taken place. The film is spread over three months with the outside world quickly becoming forgotten to the residents of the high-rise and thus things such as the law become obsolete. This seems to embark a string of consequences and incidents happen with many of the characters that eventually leave them either ruined, physically or mentally, or dead. After a while, with us, the audience following along, what would have been seen as horrific or unethical, becomes almost drained of any sort of feeling. Being exposed to this type of unpleasantness, before the fall of the high-rise, usual drink, drugs, and debauchery, then after its collapse becomes murder, mayhem, and misogamy, has us becoming used to it, and much like Toby, finds it almost monotonous in the end, like it's the new normal. This is two takes, when this is one shot, an analysis of the film high-rise. Spoilers are ahead. We don't see ourselves, the audience, actually questioning anything the characters do out loud, We seem to sit staring, waiting for the next situation, or the next reaction, because we can never predict it. We are glued to something we are finding almost uninteresting, because the characters are finding it to be normal. And so, we find ourselves detached. But I bet you didn't know that was the whole point of Rise. There could be a link here from us to the main character, but only by theory. When what is happening to Lang is happening to us, we are experiencing a sense of detachment or being glued to its moving pictures without any sense of emotion connected to the characters. A disassociation, if you will, when it comes to being unconnected or uninvested in what we are watching. Well, what do we care? It's not even real. This disassociation is more prominent in Lang when we realise that he is not tethered to any one faction in the building that could perhaps be representatives of any one given emotion. Let me explain. Lang, from his mistake making one of his subordinates and another resident believe that they have cancer, who jump off the building, finds this traumatic event to change him very suddenly. This, as well as the nervous breakdown of the social structure an order that the whole building seems to do, almost overnight. For Lang, it's his breakdown in the recognition of self. Depersonalization is used here as a coping mechanism to acute trauma, whereby the unconscious use of it decreases the trauma and its intensity, diminishing this unpleasantness, but unfortunately also every other experience, leading to a feeling of being detached from the world and experiencing it in a more bland way. He is divorced from his personal self, having any such feeling, behaviours, etc. as not belonging to the same person or even to the same identity. Everything is lacking in significance. Vague, dreamlike, and it can feel as though the world around them is like a movie that they are watching, rather than specifically being part of it. And this could circle back to us watching him, as he is also watching himself. Especially when we realise that he is talking about himself in third person almost like a narrator to the story or film. Going further, Lange has been described as thriving like an advanced species in the neutral atmosphere. And this is true. Many other characters present understandable emotional outbursts as things. Well, in the beginning anyway, especially when the rubber chute overflows and the electricity and water are not being shared. Then it becomes a rabid overflow of social constructs that could argue a message about unfairness. Theverge.com explain it further. Lang would surrender to a logic more powerful than reason, hand-waving away any irrational behaviour. No one in the film really operates on reason. They just represent emotional factions. Wilder becomes a feral, untrustworthy spirit of the denied and oppressed and becomes the equally monstrous symbol of the selfish, out-of-touch aristocracy that actively enjoys spitting on everyone below them. Both sides are poisonous. Lang isn't an innocent caught in the middle. He is desperately looking for a place to fit in. And his narrative isn't about saving anyone. Not even himself. There is a divide between floors, like the divide between the poor and the rich, all striving and surviving the best they can. Using an apartment building on the outskirts of London that has been designed to approximate our community presents a breakdown in social order. Give the community everything it needs to survive, and it could go one of two ways. And in the high-rise, it so happens to be the wrong way. The outcome is how the residents react and survive, to which we see to a massive extent. Claws apparently become factions, but it goes deeper than that. Emotions and desires become factions in themselves. And Lang chooses none of it. He isn't searching for a place to fit in. He's found it through the act of not saving himself. He was looking for that sterile peace, and has sacrificed his humanity in disassociating himself based on what he has done and how he wanted to be at the beginning of the film. He wanted everything around him to have this serene, minimalist sense of control. Hence why he painted everything, including himself for a time, the same shade as the pale blues seen outside of this window. He wanted the inside to reflect the outside and vice versa. And so he wanted to have an establishment with the building to eventually have this advertised lifestyle and behaviourisms to be his priority. He wanted to be like the building, cold, poreless, sleek and impervious to control, and especially unaffected by anything outside of himself. And when he got there, he became the neutral, advanced species in emotional chaos, and when the building went haywire, he still maintained its beauty in a physical human form. Lang has placed himself, purposely, on neutral for the reason above, but more on the fact that he could not deal with what he had done, and the undoing of what has been going on around him. I'm not saying that he is taking any blame or faulting anyone else, but rather, his actions have led him to this overwhelming sense of losing. Losing control, losing sense of time, and perhaps losing his sanity. So what better way to preserve what he has, than behind the veil of the disassociation? The rest of the building are shown to be behaving outside the realms of rationality, and are not on the same lines of cause and effect. They take or do what they want, and leave everything behind as they abandon themselves to their own wants and desires, whether that be to move to a higher floor, or to get into bed with someone. And we should have seen this coming, with the use of ABBA's song SOS. Played as background music in the uplifting melody in a fancy dress party on the top floor, presenting the concept of what we perceive as a norm, the flippant verbal cruelty of the rich and the famous, as they wander around lavishly drinking and trying to warn up of each other. There is the usual wanting of saving from the rich, or even by the rich, but we, the audience, can relate to this on some small way in our own reality. If you have the money, then you can save those screaming in S.O.S. And then further, into the film, the song comes again, presented in a more desperate and melancholy way by Porter's The message is now real. It's not just the poor that need to be saved. Everyone is on the same boat, and the only difference is that it's behind closed doors, and each experience is personal to whomever is having it. Like Royal, like Helen, like Wilder, like Charlotte. It goes on and on. The sympathy is tethered by then, and we find ourselves watching, like I said earlier, in detachment. And we cannot blame anyone for its human nature to follow the leader. And in the sense of the high-rise, we have followed the aspect of desensitizing and detaching any more judgment because they did it first. And as the theory goes, if we are detached, then so are they. Lang being the more prominent, neutral one. Did you know that I've got a Patreon now? There, you can be part of an exclusive group that has access to behind-the-scenes content, archived episodes of my late show, and three bonus shows, all following a unique format. Plus more. So what have you got to lose? Sign up to patreon.com forward slash two-takes for more information. Like and follow on Instagram, Twitter for the latest news, and if you enjoyed what was said, then follow the show on Anchor, YouTube, Spotify and more. And for our podcaster to you, I thank you. I hope you stick around for more.